0: Hi all, hope you're well. Cullen here and welcome to Law Live. My next guest has had over 35 years in sales, ailes from the UK and is currently heading up Professional Services BD and he's helped over 150 firms, partners, barristers Increase their revenue by six to seven figures. And he's talk, coming to you and going to be talking about how you or your firm can become rainmakers and also not only attract great clients, but attract great staff, or staff, as he'd say, because he is from the UK. Please mate, welcome Mr. Alistair Marshall, who is very snappily dressed. How are you, Alistair? And thank you for joining me oh, well, live. Sir.
1: Always aware that I need to be a snappy dresser when I'm uh, next to you, Colin. Young.
0: My goodness. I don't hold a candle to you, Alistair, but the question on everyone's minds, and I will before I get into that, guys, it is a law live and it is 1.30 on the 12th. So please put your questions in for Alistair um, and we'd be welcome to them. But what is happening in your world, Alistair?
1: Well, it's a mixed bag out there. Uh, I would say two two thirds of firms and lawyers are doing very well. And I would say a third of them are doing less well bordering on struggling because the other two thirds are pinching all their their work and clients. So um, you will not find it surprising when I suggest that one of the reasons for that are the two thirds of firms or people who are doing quite well tend to be more active Uh, in going out and trying to win work, whereas the third who are doing less well may be those who are more passive and wait for the phone to ring, which is uh, probably not the way I'd go in 2022.
0: No. And just so everyone knows, you are a BD uh, master. And the way we originally connected was you connected with me on LinkedIn and asked simply, let's grab a coffee. And to this day, two years ago, we're still very good friends, colleagues, and it's just opened a realm of possibilities from that one interaction, which to your point, it, um, the, I guess the smarter you work up here, the luckier you get down here, but no one actually focuses on all that uh, BD work at the, at the top end.
1: Sure, but the reach out came because I had an ideal or I knew or had an ideal client in my mind and you played in the same world. So in some ways, we were non-competing people looking for similar clients in similar places. So we were swimming in the same pond, but we weren't sharking after each other. And that's you know, one of the messages that when it comes to being rainmaker, always immerse yourself in the perfect client's world. So if you don't have a perfect client, it's very difficult to do that.
0: No, absolutely. And we've already got Mina joining in saying, hello, Mina's a regular, he's a leading solicitor and he's a fantastic man. So thank you, Mina, for joining. Please put your questions in, everyone. Um, anyone watching, um, they, there's, a, there's a few joining in, barristers, um, lawyers, etc. cetera, they're Alistair. Tell us what you do in a nutshell, basically.
1: Well, the first thing I should say is many people push back to me and go, Alistair, why should I bother? because I only get measured on billable hours. So anything I do outside that, I get no recognition for. And (laughs) I guess if you work for yourself, you'll understand the difference. Um, But there, there are more people out there. There are more firms setting up every year. So, and the benchmark is being raised. So people are being more savvy in the area of BD and therefore there is a requirement. So there used to be a time that BD didn't go beyond organizing a fairly basic event. (laughs) But now we have a lot more platforms and there's a lot more sophistication to it than there ever was before. Now,
0: the other thing
1: I should say is that COVID took away a lawyer or barrister's ability to have random acts of coffee and lunch, which had built practices (laughs) for over 100 years. And people were sat remotely at home ringing me up going, Alistair, what can we do while we're sat here? Now, please let me share a document, which is sat next to me. Please. This is the original piece of paper I wrote in March 2020 where I wrote down the 20 odd routes to market that I use to generate interest in what I do. And then I took the highlighter pen to it and said, what could I still do while I was working remotely? And guess what? I could do all but three. So those lawyers who took a backseat during COVID and said, oh, well, I've got an excuse here. I don't need to do too much. You're actually missed out on two years of opportunity. Uh, And now we're all coming back together again and there's more events and networking opportunities And they're getting back into it. Some of those people never missed the opportunity for the last two years. They're probably the people who are currently smashing it out of the park.
0: Absolutely. And I want to remove that stigma of the word sales. Zig Ziglar, who you and I both love, um, once said in his Southern accent, he passed away now, God bless him, but he said, everyone is in sales. Even if you don't have the sales person title, if you work with people, you are in sales. So (laughs) I think lawyers don't want to use that word, but they are in sales, right? Surely.
1: I have huge empathy with all lawyers and barristers, because no one teaches you this at law school, okay, so they move the goalposts, you go into private practice, then all of a sudden someone comes along and says, oh, you need to show the ability to onboard new revenue streams, and people go, oh, that's unfair, I just came to join the war and help people out, and what's going on with this 1250 hours a year I've got to bill and all this kind of thing, so I have huge empathy you can read this in a book, you know, there are things that can help you. um, But you need to get on top of some of the basics and fairly quick. And there are people and places around where you can pick a number of these topics up. But if you're a lawyer out there, and you you really enjoy the technical aspect in delivering the work, that's all good. But I'm here to deliver you the message that If you want more than just a job and you want a career or you want to progress through your firm or own your own firm, then you need to learn how to onboard new client work Uh, and not just more work, but better quality work. Uh, Because as people demand more from their lawyers and law firms, you need to be perceived as an expert because experts don't charge low fees. That makes you more profitable. And it's kind of a a continuing place where you'd have less hours on the tools and you can spend more time on the practice Uh, and it's a self you know it just gets better and better when you work in that system but you do have to start somewhere so people might say Alistair how many hours a week do I need to commit to grow a practice and I'll say probably a minimum of two if you give me more that's great but you need a minimum of two hours and then people say well what should I do in those two hours and i'll say well in the first hour you might write something or, or, or do an article piece or a video or something like not dissimilar to a doing now and then the second hour you need to get out from behind your desk and build some relationships because that's all that marketing and BD is. and um, i don't want to complicate it it's client service multiplied by building relationships with people who might be interested in what you do and it's no more than that and you shouldn't fear it no it's not I love too that. salesy
0: no well Going back to that point of obviously billable hours is important, and I know a lot of leading lawyers watching this will go will know that their partner or their boss is going to be going, "Well, why isn't John or Sally behind their desk doing the billable hours? How do they um balance that of you know there's no billable work happening, but it's that relationship piece. How should lawyers approach that, I guess negative impact to their billable work while they're doing the things
1: that will eventually lead to work? Well, I think you need to. Uh... Demonstrate you being efficient uh, in the hours that you take to do this stuff. So, in a larger firm, you sometimes are required to go and tick a box back in your CRM system. So, you have to go back to Salesforce and tick that you've had a meeting with someone. So, you may as well be meeting with people who are relevant and could do something for you. So, you know, the, the meetings I try and suggest to people fall into three areas so you might have meetings with existing clients or people who work in existing clients that's where you get referrals testimonials case studies all those kind of things from Um, the second group is prospects who match the ideal client so let's for you know for mine and your sake we Mm -hmm. want lawyers and law firms if it's a lawyer who's listening let's say it's a a medical practice person. We want to be the go-to lawyer in Australia for medical practitioners. That's fine. You would meet with medical practitioners. And the third group would be referral partners or people who I describe as, um, you know, in the the immediate world of a client, an ecosystem. So I spend my life uh, in a referral world with people who also want legal firms and legal people as clients, but we don't compete. So I have regular lunches with the head of professional services in banks, in insurance brokers, in accountancy practices. You know, I might talk to people about uh, the digital footprint and online, but I don't write code. I don't build websites. So I have people who I can recommend who do that far better than I do. I'm a decent copywriter, but I'm not a professional one. So I have copywriters in the network. Most firms that I see, believe it or not, have HR challenges. Uh, I'm not an (laughs) HR guy. But I have have a whole ecosystem so all the problems that a law firm describes there's probably someone in my network who I can help who can add value Um, so again if you think as if I was a lawyer and I wanted to become the go-to lawyer for dentists within the eastern seaboard of Australia then you would have to think about who else knows all those people and you don't compete now bizarrely 15 years ago when I decided lawyers were going to be my world I read three books on how you ran a law firm and I learned the most boring things about whip it's not that I woke up one day and needed to really understand whip but I couldn't speak credibly with people in a legal practice unless I understood the mechanics of how things work and so um, again if you if you were into medical practitioners or dentists you would understand that X-ray machines are the biggest financial outlay that any dentist makes after premises. So if you got close to the people who supply X-ray machines to the dentists of New South Wales, they could open every door to every dental practice you'd like to do work for. If you want to do agriculture, and again, I'm kind of, I'm making this up to make the point, if you knew the John Deere tractor salesman, he could probably introduce you to every farmer in the west of the state. So, And you don't compete. So it's about uh, understanding who can influence and open doors for you. You know, some of the bankers that I meet bank 500 law firms. Well, I couldn't dream to work with 500 law firms. You couldn't do it. So they already know all the relationships. You just need to be able to work with these people and build relationships and help them understand why you're valuable to their clients they already enjoy.
0: I'm endeared by what you're saying is I actually think back and actually, see along the line who has the most influence, and you know, build a relationship with that person, and make sure it doesn't compete because obviously, people don't want to impede on other people's, I guess, turf if you want to call it that. But um, that there's some good examples. Now that's from the client point of view. Let's talk about the big issue faced in a lot of law firms right now: is staff retention and how to engage your force. Like you talked about, you know attracting quality staff. How does how does a firm do that and keep them? Well,
1: uh, there's two or three things here. Let's so peel back the onion. Um, I guess it starts with staff satisfaction. So if people don't leave, you don't need to recruit new ones. So I'm a big believer that as well as measuring client satisfaction, firms should measure staff satisfaction, and it should be a yes. formal survey that's done every two years. One of the things that most staff that I speak to are nervous around is this, how you build your practice. And because there's always a pressure of having a billable hours target, you know, everyone's on the mouse wheel trying to knock it out of the park. If you can assist people and say, we will show you all the skill sets that we expect of you and we'll help you on your pathway to partnership by by, showing you the ropes and how you would actually build this practice. It's a team game. We'll do that. People are less likely to leave if they feel like they're left on their own to do that. Secondly, when it comes to interviewing people, if you can demonstrate that you have that and this is part of your induction programme, is that we'll take you through this, that's a huge benefit versus other firms who don't do it. And also in a, in an in a interview situation, the, the, over the last 18 months the power's changed it used to be the interviewer had all the power and the job to offer now the interviewee has got as much power because they're the ones choosing which firms to go to in a short in a talent shortage correct if you need to sell people the dream why should i come to your firm rather than go to another one well look here's our strategic plan this is where we plan on taking this business we'd love you to join the bus on a journey because this is where we're going but again, you could only share that dream if you've taken the time to actually work out what it is. The other thing that's very appealing to people is the type of work they're going to do and the types of clients they're going to do it for. And I've gone to working firms who, you know, even boutique firms who've had stellar client bases. But if I looked at the website, you'd have no idea of the type of work and who they do it for because they're so blinkered in, in sharing that types of information and that's why they people- also look
0: they also look the same every law firm website usually says we do this this, this these, these are our clients we want to get great outcomes it's like but what do you actually do yeah. um and most firms have the same thing it's like you wouldn't if you didn't know the brand you wouldn't know who it
1: was well the question i throw out to people we live in a in an era of what i call deb so who is deb deb is the digitally empowered buyer who does all the research before she makes a decision mm. so you know clients would not go and spend anything over $500 without Googling it first. So you have to consider what your own digital footprint looks like. But if you're a firm looking to control staff, attract staff, people do the same. They're not coming for an interview without Googling your your website first. So what's on there that's going to make them think, this is the right firm for me. There's going to be good work. There's going to be good colleagues. There's a path to partnership here. I'm going to get training. People are going to invest in my time. All those kind of things there's more to bean bags in the breakout room when you're trying to build culture
0: no i love that and and culture eats strategy for breakfast and i, lo- I love what you're saying there um and in terms of um mm-hmm. testimonials never have they been more important google's a great platform um someone once said to me very very prophetically when we started our business four years ago you will never get a lawyer to leave a google review um we have th- 303 as of today we had three just come in last night What would you say to firms in terms of um, how important Google reviews are to their credibility?
1: I think it's huge in a modern world, particularly to our younger brothers and sisters. Okay? So um, we still have some uh, more elderly people who are still in charge (laughs) of law firms. Uh, OAPs. I have to be
0: careful
1: what I say as I approach 56. Um, But it's not (laughs) lost on me how many law firms that I Google, and they don't have a single review. no. So people don't oh understand, goodness. first of all, what a negative effect that has on their search engine optimization within the Google platform. And don't get me started on where the value <laughs> is in a digital agency because there's so many snake oil perpetrators who should be working with their law firms and making them do this. However, I have this to say, and this is bordering on controversial Cullen, So I have to be careful. Say
0: it. Say it. Everyone is watching and peeled to what controversial <laughs> thing you're going to say next. Okay.
1: So... In Australia, I would say less than 10% of lawyers ask clients for feedback, and that is the best time to ask for a referral, right? So most people, when I say, "How have you built your practice today? They go, Alistair, word of mouth referral. That's how we get them. And I go, fantastic. We're in the start of October. How many clients have you asked this financial year since the 1st of July? And it all goes quiet. Right? So people are waiting for people to give a referral rather than asking for it because they're a little bit frightened or they've never been taught on how to ask for it without sounding desperate or salesy or cheesy or needy or all of these things. So that's the first thing. But the best time ever to create a trigger point for a referral is when someone says, Colin, that was awesome. And we got real value from that. That's a nine or a 10 out of 10 service. That is the time to go. Who else do you know would benefit from this type of thing? But if you don't have a client feedback system, you miss that opportunity, which is a huge miss with 90 percent of the lawyers here in Australia. So there's a quick takeaway, people. If you don't have that system in place, you really should, because that's when you're likely to. And then when you get the great feedback, that's when you can send them a link that says if you go and press that link, it will take you directly to Google. And you can if you could copy and paste those kind words in there, that would be phenomenal. Uh, And the system takes care of itself.
0: Mm, mm. I'm endeared by what you're saying there as well. And uh, what I would say is a little freebie for everyone. Here's the one thing that everyone has on them, their phone. Um, The reason why we probably have so many Google reviews is because our clients love what we do. But also we ask, we send it to them in a text and say, when you have time, we'd love to hear from you. And because they've got it on their phone, they're more likely to do it. People send it in an email and who looks at their email? Like not every day, but everyone looks at their text and everyone has their phone on them. So little freebie for you. Send your Google reviews via text. Watch them soar.
1: Now, uh, hot tips. Well, you asked me earlier, what do you do? And I'm not sure I probably answered that. I'd like to think I make the lives of lawyers and barristers easier. Please. Because I'll say to them, how much easier would your life be if you didn't have to worry about worrying about where the next piece of work's coming from? And I could give you a roadmap to new instructions. So I guess that's kind of what I'm delivering. And given what we just described, I'm trying to get people to have systems, tools and processes to produce the level of income that they require to live the lives that they want to. I guess that's where it sits, because I appreciate that, you know, financial reward isn't the reason why everyone goes to work, including lawyers. So, you know, it depends what success looks like and what what cup you would like on your mantelpiece.
0: No, absolutely. And I think Mina's resonating with what you're saying. He's saying fair, but I think it's a 5%. So thank you, Mina. And everyone should be watching out for Mina, law firms and whatnot. Mina asks a lot of questions. That's the kind of um, person you want working for your firm, I'd say. So a bit of a shout out to Mina there. Um, Anyone watching, what's some hot tips or the three biggest tips in BD? I won't use the dirty sales word, but BD in in legal world that people can uh, walk away with.
1: Three. Okay. First one is you have to have that ideal client profile. And the more narrow, whilst it goes against everything you've been taught, the narrower that field, and I want people to be a big fish in a smaller pond. So even like some law firms might come on and say, Alistair, we're really good in the manufacturing space. And I go, well, that's great, but do you manufacture watches, telephones, COVID masks, what is it? Right? There's about a hundred different areas even within manufacturing. So be as narrow as you can and try and dominate that so I think that's where it starts from that. Try and think about this ecosystem about who else can help you to open the doors. Who else is valuable? Who else can you collaborate with? Collaboration is a great thing. And for lawyers, lots of other referrals come from other lawyers who don't compete in your field. Um, So there's a number of things in that. The third thing really is consistency show up, it's better to be consistently good than occasionally outstanding, right? <laughs> So some people, you know, if I just use my pen here, exhibit A, Your Honor, um, you know, people tend to do very uh, up and down BD efforts. If they're busy, they don't do any. When they don't do anything, they do a bit, right? So you end up with this up and down. What I'm trying to do is build an engine in the background that just works. So it takes a little bit of time to build some momentum at the start, but once you go in, things kick in once you've got, you know, I'm, I'm talking about putting 20 routes to market in place to generate inbound leads. That's a lot more. Most lawyers either rely on referrals or in business to consumer law, many of them rely on uh, di- know, Google AdWords, which are very expensive and historically produce less than ideal quality leads. So you need to be adding more strings to your bow, really, but consistently show up don't just do it once a month or once a week. You know, even LinkedIn we touched on earlier. I went to a presentation on uh, at LinkedIn head office here in Market Street in Sydney CBD, and they confessed the huge amount of traffic that goes through on Fridays. And I can just imagine the lawyers on the little mouse wheel, and they hit the billable hours target, and they go, right, I've now got time to play around with that LinkedIn thing. I'll go and have a go on a Friday afternoon. <laughs> and it doesn't work. <laughs> Most people are chill. tuned off on a Friday, Alistair. You're yeah. quite right. You've got to show up regularly if you want to build a following. I think that's probably fair to say. So make sure you know who the client is. Build an ecosystem around the client of other people and consistently show up. So build a two-hour window into your week. Probably not Mondays, probably not Fridays. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, lunchtime. Two-hour window. That's when to hit all your BD uh, to-do list. Tell your secretaries, your EAs your other staff not to put client time into that two hour window and people get more done in three months because they are focused on it than they have done in the previous three years.
0: I love that. I think they're so valuable knowing who your client is consistent background effort and um, just, just basically do it. I think that's fantastic. Now, if anyone wants to utilize LinkedIn, um, the algorithm is doing some interesting things at the moment. I know you and I use LinkedIn quite a lot, Alistair. So here's some, I guess, I guess some feedback on the algorithm um, it's loving videos under 60 seconds. It's loving tech um, um, text only. It likes one photo um, is in not a collage, just one photo and it likes yes, no polls. Um, what do you particularly like to use LinkedIn for in your content?
1: Well, it's interesting what you say because I used to be a big sharer of things, but it's very noticeable that when I share things now and you're shaking your head, because you know, already the algorithms really not impressed by that. So, the other thing, whilst it goes against my grain a bit, is that the things that do best are the things with a personal edge. So Correct. There's a big talk about is LinkedIn becoming more like Facebook? And whilst I don't celebrate it, the answer is yes. Yes, it is. Better. Come and on. It's very, it's very clear that the stories with a, a personal touch do better than those that don't. So, for it example, does. I always go out of my way on a Monday morning to post something that I give some serious thought to. So I posted something about my wedding anniversary and how you can relate success in a personal relationship to a business one, right? And it's had 3,000 views in the first 24 hours. And again, text only, no picture. So that's had 3,000 sets of eyeballs on it. I think the biggest one I ever had, which was more than 12,000 sets of eyeballs, was when I became an Australian citizen and posted something around that. So it's Mm. very clear. Um, but yeah, as I say, it, it, there still needs to be a business message in the post somewhere. I Correct. Think. Otherwise, Correct. people can go, this isn't Facebook. I'm in the wrong place. I'm not engaging with Colin or Alistair again.
0: No, no. I think what you're saying is quite right. Um, the algorithm does love personal elements to it, but it also loves it when you put someone else above you. And what I mean by that is the algorithm knows when you put another person's name in the post. So I'll tell you this. This is straight from my sources at Microsoft. Please get a photo of your team please get a photo of your clients and actually put them on there with their permission and say, hey all, just a shout out to such and such because they've done this great work and they do this great. And what that shows the algorithm is that you're not talking about yourself. You're talking about someone else. Um, And not only does the algorithm love that, people like photos of people um, and they like engaging where you're shouting out someone else or celebrating someone else. So to that point of business is personal, make it about another person as well. Um, as just making it about yourself, which I think is important. Um, But, you know, when all is said and done in this sales arena, business arena, life arena, how would you like to be remembered, Alistair Marshall?
1: Well, right now with the current audience, I'd like to be remembered as the person who taught me the skills on how to convert flat white meetings into billable instructions (laughs) because that's a skill set that most lawyers and barristers are not born with. Uh, And I spend an awful lot of my time now doing exactly that. And that's one of the things that people thank me for the most, which is very rewarding. So, you know, this morning I was out for a meeting at 10 o'clock in Pitt Street having coffee. There were other people in there. Many of them could have been legal fraternity, And as a result, not that much happened because they'd never been taught how to hold that conversation (laughs) So they go back to the office and they tell the BD director, I've had my meeting with so-and-so today, ticking off, yeah. but not a great deal happens as a result or follow-up. So um, I guess in the first instance, I'd like to think I'm making the lives of these legal people easier.
0: I love that. I love that. And another tip on top of that... Have an outside coffee where people can see you. And I know you and I love bean bar.
1: (laughs) We have been uh, photoshopped or photo—I say photoshopped. That's not what I meant at all. Maybe we need to be photoshopped. But yes, we have been spotted on occasion. Having flat wipes out on the street doesn't do us any harm, I don't think.
0: Absolutely. See and be seen. Where can people find you? Where are you hanging out most, Alistair? Where can people get in touch?
1: Well, clearly LinkedIn's a good place to start. So Alistair Marshall on LinkedIn. there are, There is another Scottish man uh, who has my name and shares the same spelling. But I would hope certainly here in uh, Australia, I might be uh, nearer the top of the rack. Otherwise, go to the website, professionalservicesvd.com.au uh, and please engage lots of the content there. All sorts of things, written videos, all sorts that can help people hopefully achieve the goals.
0: Wonderful. And it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much, Alistair. We'll bring you back after this for some bonus questions, but you are a true powerhouse, sir. And thank you again. Bless you. And that is the end of our Law Life for today. Hope you enjoyed it. We come out Wednesday, every Wednesdays, and we'll upload this to the podcast and it'll be available wherever you get them. Bye for now, everyone. Thanks so much. (laughs)